Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Nurse Podcast number 801. Also, I'm starting a new tour in June. It's just the first handful of dates. It's maybe eight or nine dates. Um, and uh, it's you know, basically like a bus tour of the uh, New England area. So I'm getting on a tour bus and doing a bunch of dates at once in June. The beginning of June, um, the new tour is called ID10T. ID the number 10 and T and um, right now you can find it at, at this is just very temporary and <laughs> just had to get the links up as soon as possible ID 10 T tour dot tumblr dot com um, there's a pre-sale going on today uh, for, for those dates the codes are listed on that site and then the official sale starts tomorrow and then within the next day or so uh, San Diego Comic Con shows at the Balboa of course so the Friday night of Comic Con I'm doing stand up and then the Saturday two Nerdist Podcasts live with myself Matt Myra and Jonah Ray guests TBD but I don't think we've let you down yet so um, so go well hopefully this won't be the year no I think it'll be great so uh, go go find that uh, as well that is on the id10ttour.tumblr.com page as well and let's go to the corkboard this is from nervous listener trevor ford who says i've listened to your podcast for a while and have finally taken your advice my fiance andrea Stra- andrea andrea oh poor andrea andrea that is the bane of your existence is it andrea or is it andrea it's andrea and straub oh she gets it twice is it straub or straub or straub or straub so andrea straub or andrea straub ah uh, i just want to hug both of you Anyway, they're opening a dance studio in Omaha, Nebraska. Or is it Omaha? It's called Center Stage Dance. And uh, Andrea's graduating in May from KU with a bachelor's in dance. And he's a technology director. And they hope to bring a fresh perspective to students in the Omaha area. They're going to offer ballet, point tap, jazz, contemporary hip-hop, clogging for all ages. Their mission statement is to not just make great dancers, but also help kids learn to be confident in who they are and to express that confidence wherever they go. You can go to centerstagedanceelkhorn.com. Uh, and uh, thank you very much. And good luck. Good luck with your good luck with your dancing adventures. Also, Aaron Bauer writes, "Kube is it's K U B B is a game that originated in Scandinavian culture, similar to that of horseshoe, bocce ball, etc. Uh, and it's often referred to as Viking chess. More than anything, it is believed that Kube unites people and creates peace." 
In 2007, Eric Anderson of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, created a tournament to do just that. 15 teams competed at the first annual U.S. National Coupe Championships. And uh, last year's team rosters included 108 teams. That's 376 players. As of April 1st, registration is officially open for this year's iteration, taking place July 8 through 10 at the Eau Claire Soccer Park. Every skill level welcome. Go to usakubb.org. This episode is Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain. They are promoting the Huntsman Winter's War, which is playing now. So it, uh, it takes place like after the events of the Huntsman. So uh, you should go see it. It's really fun. If you like uh, fairy tales with a dark turn, then uh, you will enjoy Huntsman Winter's War. Kid, take your kids. Kid-friendly. It's dark, but you can still take kids to it. Um, but I caught up with them uh, during their press junket day, and thankfully I was the first conversation that they had before they started having to answer uh, the same question 500 times. And they were delightful, wonderful, lovely human beings. So they will be on this episode of the Nerds Podcast, which is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage right from your desk or maybe your lap. You know, don't just put your computer on your lap all the time. Like, have some kind of barrier there so you don't potentially uh, burn your junk. Uh, Stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You're going to save 50% compared to a postage meter, and then you're not wasting time going to the post office. All those time-consuming trips will be done. You just do it right from your desk. You hand it to your mail carrier, and uh, that's it. So right now, Stamps.com has the promo code NERDIST special offer, four-week trial, plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage in a digital scale. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Type, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Thank you, Stamps, for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast as well, which is Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain in the Nerdist Podcast episode 801. Katie, I can't believe it. Roll the thing. 801. Yeah. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the weirdest neutral space. I know. Uh, this. The lighting. You kind of look like uh, So inside some the scary. actor's studio. So. <laughs> what is your favorite swear word? Uh, <laughs> this is, we're, just to give everyone the context, this is a crazy junket day, which I, I believe is just starting for you. Well, yeah, I just did an interview. It is, yeah. Today it is, we're, yeah. Two weeks, two weeks in? Three, three weeks yeah, in? Yeah, we were in yeah. Asia. We were in Germany, London, London Singapore, Beijing... Hong Kong now here. For like a day at a time, right? You go yep. in for like a day at a time mm-hmm. and then they fly you out <laughs> immediately somewhere yep. else. Do you ever get used to it? Ever? Um, oh, I feel like the beginning's always a little easier because you kind of yeah. run on adrenaline and it's, it's all new. And then you get to this point of the tour and it's very familiar. Mm-hmm. And yet, then you sort of, your body runs out of adrenaline and you, the jet lag kicks in and you don't know what time zone you're in and you're just... Also, sometimes yeah. the questions, like in the beginning, it's like, oh, okay, oh, this is a question that's being asked a lot. But then towards yeah. the end of the tour, like, it's been asked 50 times. <laughs> More than 50 that. per day. So. Exactly. <laughs> so what what was the surprising recurring question this, this time? This is what really surprised me, because it's nothing I've ever been asked before mm-hmm. on an impressed tour. If you had a magic mirror, yeah. <laughs> what would you ask it? Uh, mirror, mirror on the oh, wall. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have no answer. Every time I get asked it, I'll be like, 
like, God, as soon as this interview's done, I've got to think of a good answer. I better answer. And right. never got around to thinking about it. It'll hit you after the press tour. Yeah, no, oh, literally, I wake up in the middle of the night. Mine was... Um, the hammer or the axe? Oh, you got, you got asked oh, that so many times. Which is better to handle, the hammer yeah. or the axe? <laughs> when they ask you the mirror question, like what question we ask the mirror, you go, I'd ask it a better fucking question <laughs> and then pull your mic off and throw it down and kick your chair over. <laughs> How can you not? How can you not? I know you would have been. <laughs> would have been. That would have been one way to handle. No, but also too, whenever they would ask the question, you you would never do that because they'd ask the question and they'd look at you like, "Aren't you excited? This is so." I like thought yeah, I stayed up all one. night thinking about this question, and you could see it in their face, and you would never want to crush their. Dreams. No, no, no. Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's, there are there are things that I think you file away in your brain where you go. What would I do if I never cared about working again? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and those are all the things. Yeah, you if this was away. the last interview I was going to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go out, you have to go out yeah, that way with a bang. Yeah. But for you, I mean, there is no quick, easy way to get to Australia. Uh, you no, know, it's um, it's a it's a long flight. Yeah, I mean, especially going to Europe, it's um, you do 13 hours, and I get to drive two hours from the airport first, and then it's 13 hours on a plane, three hour layover, and then another eight or nine. And then onwards, and um, so that that first leg is the sort of killer. Mm. How long does it take you to readjust when you get back home? Well, I still haven't. It's a three weeks in, and I feel like I'm still doing backflips, and you know, waking up at two in the morning and not knowing where. The good news <laughs> which is, is that Byron Bay is literally one of the most beautiful places on the planet, it is. and also the yeah. most deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes and spiders and sharks. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything uh, in Australia will will kill you. <laughs> it I is. I feel like after moving away, especially living in in LA, where it feels very kind of sanitary and, and there's not a whole lot of bugs or anything, you know? And mm-hmm. I get back home. Fine with me. And it's just teeming with, like, big Jurassic Park kind of animals <laughs> and, oh, and, and things I don't even remember seeing as a kid. And I'm like, how did I survive? How did anyone survive? And and we, th- we we just moved back there and there were that many snakes within the first, like, two weeks of being there. I was like, oh, my kids are going to die. Everyone is going to be like, being eaten by some, some huge big, you know, lizard or something. No, I think there's probably about 20 million Australians in the world. Is that about right? Yeah, there used to be 40. And then there were just... <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, what I imagine is that uh, every Australian family has, like, 10 or 12 kids, and it's just like the baby turtles getting to the sea. Oh, it is, yeah. Just yep. like, yeah. It's a bit... Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was uh, a child of seven kids, and now only have two brothers no. left so <laughs> they've all been taken by various animals and things. You used to have sisters <laughs> used to have sisters yeah even Australian rules football is like isn't that mm. a more deadly form of, <laughs> of it, sport yeah, yeah. It, yeah I mean yeah rugby and Australian rules football is pretty um, pretty full on we just there's no padding or kind of helmets or anything and, and you're hitting as hard as kind of you know NFL football but um, I think that's part of also the Someone said to me, but not ha- having the helmets, you learn to kind of protect yourself a little better. You know, you, mm. if, you, if you have the helmets and so on, you do just run head on into someone. So I don't know what the sort of statistics are, but um, I mean, it's painful. I just got out of my shoulder at 15 and tore all the ligaments out of my shoulder and did my knee and my ankle and by the, age, by the age of 15, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, maybe I'll be an actor. I'm going to just pretend to do cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Where did you grow up, Jessica? Uh, Northern California. Oh, you're Northern California? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, hippie from Northern mm. California. When did you make your way south? Oh, well, I, I made way, my way east. I went to college uh, in New York. 
which is a big culture shock. Oh, for, yeah. Yeah. Are you Bay Area, Bay Area, or is it like... Uh, Bay Area. My dad's a fireman in San Francisco. Cool. And they live now in Santa Rosa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Wine country. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. Wine country It's a little bit different than, uh, <laughs> than the hustle and bustle of New York City. <laughs> it's true. But I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think parts of the Bay Area can be, can be a little sheltered. Yeah. I definitely felt sheltered when I moved to New York. I remember being on the subway in the beginning and being like, what is that interesting smell? And you go, yes, the man next to me have just, has just shat himself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, New York. <laughs> it's a hint of oak. It's like you're exactly. it's oaky. My with white the, country. Okay. Cinnamon tan. <laughs> he had Chinese for lunch. <laughs> ah, New York. I don't know. I, I, this might sound crazy, but I feel like there's a Chastain line in my family history are you are we related are it's you about po- to break it down right now i don't know i didn't uh, I, uh, but i did i did the ancestry.com thing last year <laughs> my mom my great-grandmother was a chastain so there we have this huge, where's she from she lived in florida okay. i don't know where she was okay. from originally but she she lived in she lived in florida I bet we're related there's probably a there's probably a cousin thing at some yes. point yes I just assume all like white people are related somehow. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to like four families. I think it does. The Anglophiles. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done the family tree? It's pretty shocking. I haven't. I, I think I'm just, I don't want to know. <clears throat> because, you know, they say the things you um, inherit, you can inherit trauma now, that that's like a scientific discovery. <clears throat> so, you know, groups that have had horrible things happen to them, you, it's inherited in mm. your DNA. And so I'm just like, I don't want to find out that some great-great-grandfather or grandmother <laughs> was a terrible person who murdered people. Or It's like Jack the Ripper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be awful, but kind of neat at the same time. Really? Yeah, I think would so. It? Good and then every time you're, act, every time you're anyway. grumpy, you're like, listen, don't bother me. <laughs> I come from a lineage of Do you know who my great-great-great-great-grandfather was? <laughs> I know, I found out my, uh, I had a, uh, I, I had a, uh, a great 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 grandfather named Buzz oh, no. who had been in jail several times by the time he was my age so what, for what though what what was he in jail for just drinking or like I don't I I you know on ancestry I actually I've seen one of the arrest records and uh and it had I think it said larceny or okay. you know I'm okay. sure you know <laughs> Yeah, the old days. So it wasn't like murdering children. Not that I know of, but I don't know. I didn't find. I just found one arrest record. All right, all right. But Buzz is not a great name for someone. So no. uh, I imagine it was probably something really horrible that I don't want to know. Hairdresser. <laughs> in the army or something. <laughs> I wish that was true. I totally wish that was true. So what? Uh, when are you guys done with all this business? Uh, this week, isn't it? Yeah, but I fly to D.C. to to finish up this film, and then I come back to L.A. to do some more talk shows. Do you come back next week? I'll do talk shows uh, Thursday, and then go, and that's it. Yeah, squash it all in. This is part of it. I mean, when when you start out, you know, I imagine you don't really think about any of this stuff, the junkets and the flying to Singapore Mm. for a day and having to go back. and You just think, well, I just want to be a performer. I want to act. This is what Mm. I want to do. Does all the other stuff ever make you question that decision? All the oh, other no. stuff around? No, no I, look, I mean, we're complaining about jet lag, but to be honest, it's um, no, it's I, I don't, I don't hate it by any means. You know, like you, you're traveling around the world, and there, someone, there, a lot of people are taking care of you, and so it's, you're not doing it rough by any means. And, and yeah, you answer the same questions and so on. But if you're doing it with people who you get along with, which with this this time around has been unreal, and um, 
you see different places. I hadn't been to Beijing. I hadn't mm-hmm. been to Singapore. Uh, but do you really get to see them? I actually went a couple of days off. We yeah. did, yeah. We actually. This I hired been, a tour guide yeah. and like went, I did like five things in one day. I was just jumping in and out of a car. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, she Little loves India. activities. I'm in. <laughs> I kind of sat by the pool and, <laughs> and looked at her Instagram and then referenced those places in the interviews. <laughs> Your so I was like, <laughs> yes, I went to the oh, yeah, there. such and such. And <laughs> <laughs> that was very clever. Very smart. That's very clever. She was giving you a visual diary of all the places you should have gone. When you were there. And the Dorian. Are you, yeah. on, are you on social media at all? Uh, I am, but I'm not very good at it. I feel like I, I sort of get reminded by my team that, you know, you got to do some more and be a bit more Elsa's active on great it. Elsa's great at so it. Elsa's great. Um, yeah, I'm just, I overthink it too much. You know, I'll have something, ah, oh, then people are going to think I'm doing this, or but then, oh, what does that mean? Or, you know, and then so you think, well, only do it when you have something funny to say or interesting. And then I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny that people can like twist it, which is funny. We were on the plane and we yeah. were made a joke about the wall between us, we made a funny video. And then there was all these things of like Chris Hemsworth is sick her. of Jessica yeah. Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a problem. It does get twisted and kind of manipulated. And Chris Hemsworth demands wall be placed between. <laughs> exactly. No, I was pressing my little kind of you know the close off section in the. But as a joke. The two well, was it? <laughs> you lowered it. <laughs> <laughs> just that, just that scene where the ice wall forms. You're like, so we have this the whole movie, right? yeah. Between, between the two, it's gonna stay there, right? <laughs> I watched the movie last night. The cinema movie. And I watched it last night, and then I had these crazy wizard dreams all night long. I had really? these crazy magic war. Were you dreams. a wizard? Usually, yeah. <laughs> what was your power? Um, you know, it tends to be in the lightning fire family. Nice. Uh, which wasn't as much of that. But yeah, but the movie did inspire wizard dreams. So I, it's well, that's a, a good reason to go for it's you. It's absolutely a great reason to go. But it looked fun. I had no idea Nick Frost was in it as well. Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's the best. Well, Broad, the best. Oh, fantastic. It's and funny. Rob. Even the first film, when, those, when the dwarves came into it, the whole sort of tone of the film changed. And I feel like that was some of the funnest stuff for us yeah. too, was, was when those guys were on set and... Yes, I mean Rob Brydon's a stand-up comic, and and Nick Frost could be and should be, you know, and and, um, and the girls were fantastic, and it was just, um, and also the script lent itself to that humour, you know, so the whole tone and mm-hmm. everything was, was shifted. It was great. How do you? Now, I mean, you guys are both at this really great point where it seems like you could do pretty much whatever you wanted. I would. It feels like, mm-hmm. or at least from an outsider's perspective, it feels like you can do whatever you wanted. So. How do you pick and choose your time effectively, and how do you know where to throw your energy? Uh, before I did this film, I was actually, I was like, I cannot do another dark character because I went from oh. Zero Dark Thirty to Miss Julie to The Heiress to um, Crimson Peak. Like, all these, like, <laughs> these women going through a major problem. <laughs> and I was like, 80% of my life I'm at work, or more than that, and that means 80% of my life I'm having a major problem. <laughs> So um, I wanted to do something fun and light, and I probably had more fun on this set than anything else I've ever done. It might tie with the help because I loved that, but yeah. I definitely laughed more on this. Set. Not as many sword battles in the help, though. exactly. Yeah. This true, is a lot true, more true. more dance parties. Much- <laughs> Although I did get it, you know, Chris. Chris sometimes before action would do a little dance. And sing a little Just song. to help her get in the character. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah. I thought that was what her character needed, so I'd do a little, a little number. <laughs> what, what was the playlist for the for these numbers? <laughs> Katy Perry. Sure. Yeah, whatever was whatever was just pumping in my workout, you know, headphones. So. <laughs> do you do you is it, is it pop music in the workout headphones? <clears throat> oh no, I don't know. It's it's usually a whole bunch of stuff. But Katy Perry does frequent my playlist because my daughter and I listen to it on the way to school and Aww. sing it at oh, the top so of our lungs. Nice. Firework. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does she sing yep, it? Yep, and raw. Oh. Yeah, she loves it. 
She doesn't really know the words, but she does the sort of facial expressions You're like she's trying to hit a high note or something. It's, I don't think the words matter. I think matter, it's better it? if you don't, don't know the I, words. No, I make them up myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, you have twins, right? Yeah, I have a daughter and, and two twin boys. So apparently, my fiance tells me twins are common in her family. Mm. So if we have twins, is it double the work or is it like one and a quarter times the work? It's kind of all, like it's it, it's all you know though because I feel like. When when the boys came along, it's busy. But you speak to people who only have who have one less than that, and they're like, "It's just as busy." And then when one of my kids, you know, goes to grandma's or whatever, I'm like, "Oh my god, two kids is so much easier." But we didn't. You, you don't. You know, it's just what it is. And and I feel like, you know, either way, you're going to complain about it because <laughs> it's your human nature, and you're like, oh, "I'm tired. They won't sleep." Whether there's two or three or six, and um, no, you just kind of adapt though. And to be honest. It, it, once you pass that first couple of years, like the boys are just past two now, and they entertain each other. You know, they do things together, mm. they play together, and and so that I think is is a huge benefit. It's the older they get, you know, so everyone says is they just have have a playmate. You know, well, they have that weird twin telepathy too. Yeah, well, they really sort of, um, yeah, like one. They're very sensitive about the other one, and um, like Sasha, my. My boy, who also calls Tristan Sasha, because <laughs> he says his own name, but he says, he'd be like, Sasha, 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 anytime he's crying or anytime he can hear him or something. And if they get a lolly or something, they'll come and usually kind of share it, you know, Aww. with each other. And whereas not with a sister. <laughs> it's like it's sort of their own thing. But yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Do you come from a big family? Uh, yeah, I have two brothers and two sisters. Oh my gosh! I know my mom. You know my my youngest brother is seventeen and it's his senior year in high school, so he's finishing. And my mom said to me, she goes, "You know, I've had children in my house for over thirty five years of my life, <laughs> and so she's about ready to have a breakdown because, like, the majority of her life, she's had kids there." And is it, do you think it's going to be weird and sad or kind of freeing? I think she's acting like it's going to be freeing, but I think it's going to be weird and sad. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm I'm already like trying to figure out how I can get trips planned and trying to get my dad to take more time off of work, so she's just not at home crying, looking at you know photo albums. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Well, fortunately, her daughter is in a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. That makes it a lot easier, I would imagine. That yeah. makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I was the I was the tough one at home, though. I think she was glad to have me out, and my brother was is the baby. He's the sweetheart. Did you? Wh- why do you feel like you were the tough one? Oh, I just think, and maybe I'm still like that. I don't know. I, I, when I was like two years old, I wanted to be the mom. I thought she was doing it all wrong. <laughs> I had the answers to everything, and um, and I think I really gave her a hard time. How do you I know f- it. How do you feel now? Do you feel like, oh wait, maybe she wasn't? So- yeah, I just feel sorry for her. <laughs> now I'm like, I got to get her a trip. <laughs> I got to get her something fun to do. Yeah, it's all payback now for for everything that I put her through. It is weird when you're a kid, you are convinced you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. There's no other way than what's in your brain and that your parents don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when you get into your 30s, you're like, oh, I think I was an asshole. <laughs> it's true. I think I might have been uh, an asshole. Yeah. Like I, there was, sorry, honey. No, just the same thing. I feel like having kids made me go, oh, my God, i got to tell my parents I love them. Because <laughs> I spend the whole day like wanting one of my kids to say that to me. or you know, oh. you know, And so I feel like it's, it does. It's, you just come full circle and go, oh, my God, I don't even know how to do this. So I call my mom. 
and ask her, you know, uh, how did you do this or this? And she's like, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> like, no one helped me. So. I'm off the clock. <laughs> yeah. I'm off the clock now. That's right. She goes, I did my time, literally. If I say, can you watch the kid? She's like, no way, pal. <laughs> Was it important for you to, did you always think like, I want to be a dad, I want to have a big family? Uh, yeah, yeah, I always wanted kids. And um, I mean, we, we, I got two brothers and great childhood and um, that was just sort of how it was. I thought it was going to pan out, you know, and, and, and it did. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like I wanted kids more than a lot of my, you know, friends and so on. And you think, uh, do you ever envision a time where you're like, you know, I think I'm just going to take time off acting and just be, be, just stay home and not have to travel anywhere? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I said, like, I, and I do that and I do have sort of a few months off here and there. And then I just sort of go a bit stir crazy, you know, and, it, and I, I have this great time at home with the kids, but I also need to be putting my brain into something else at the same time you know i think yeah. they both benefit one another where and then i look at when i was acting and i didn't have kids that was there was too much of that brain you going on so it's i think it's a it's a balance yeah uh i'm interested to kind of dissect something you said which was you said you had played so many characters that were really dark and then you're like i want to play something lighthearted. <laughs> is it really is it really that you know that sort of global of a view where you go, I want to do this now. I want to try this, and you know, someday I want to try this. Is it is it really just about experimenting and trying on a lot of different hats? Yeah, like I w- I want to do a western. I mean, we don't make westerns anymore, mm-hmm. and I would love to play like a Marino O'Hara character in a in a western. I want to do as much as I can. I you know I spend a lot of time doing sci-fi and horror and drama and now you know fantasy action advent- adventure. So yeah. Um, but the problem is also too, like I'm, I've got my next year and a half set up. That's so crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So like, who knows, maybe come Christmas, I'm going to be aching to do something else, but I'm like, well, I have all these other commitments, commitments that I made. So mm-hmm. you can't really plan it out so well. Do you like that secure? I mean, obviously for a performer, when you're a young performer, you have no security. Mm-hmm. Do you like that security of knowing what's up a year and a half or do you feel a little trapped by it? I like it. But then I hate, like, recently what's happened is um, something came my way, which I just absolutely could not say no to, but it became this really scary thing of this puzzle of how do I not piss off a director or someone where they, I'm basically saying like, well, you're not my top priority because <laughs> I'm putting something else in here now. Yeah. So it becomes, that's the only thing I worry about now is the, is, you know, the feelings of other people and I don't want anyone to feel um, that they're not important to me, but I like the security, but I also, I, I if a, a good, great script and a great part come to me with someone that I want to work with, I've got to find a way to make that work. It's funny. I, I remember um, <clears throat> you think back to those first couple of jobs you had mm. and, you you know, sitting by the phone, yeah. you know, for months or trying to wait and you get the phone call. And I don't, you, I don't know you, that you get that anymore, you know, and it's just to that, it's, you know, you're blessed to have work and so on, but... Also, in this sort of pain of not having it comes the high, you know. There's yeah. this sort of weird sort of middle ground, but mm. I'm, I'm just those those phone calls of where you, you'd hang up the phone, you would just you, you couldn't believe it, you know. This yes. this was that your whole dream had just come together, and um, and then you've got to remind yourself now. I feel like and go, oh, hang on, this is an incredible opportunity. And this mm-hmm. this was the dreams yeah. as well, you know, many years ago. Um, yeah. I think part of that is because you don't <clears throat> you don't ever feel different in your head. Yeah. I think you I think you always feel like you're around fifteen or sixteen. <laughs> and so you never feel any different in your head. So even though your circumstances might change, yeah. Yeah. you're still you and so it doesn't feel like sure. you don't feel you're not outside anymore. You're just 
you're just in it. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't really feel like that that thing. It's isn't that funny the fifteen sixteen thing because I feel like yeah you have kids and whatever and people go oh wow you know you've grown up and this and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, yeah. I still feel like you're right. You get to fifteen sixteen. And you don't ever feel any different. You know? no. like we're just all I mean, still kids. My, I felt different in, in the industry in that, like, I agree with you. In the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm one of three. Oh, you know, you get yeah. so close to a part and then you get it. And it's the best thing in the world. And now it's changed from that. It's like, like please cast me to now being like, when are they going to find out I'm terrible? Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. now it's just about, like, I don't want this director not to like me or this person yeah. not to like me. Like, someday they're going to realize they made a huge mistake. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> thinks that, though. That's imposter syndrome. Everyone yeah. thinks that. Yeah. Every, every, everybody thinks that. I don't know. That, I've yeah. met people who don't think that. <laughs> I think they're lying. <laughs> there are a lot of people in this industry <laughs> who don't think I that. Think, I, feel like, I think they're yeah, lying. I, think, I feel like it's, that's, they're just really good at showing that they think that you know what I mean I do think really? it all comes from insecurity yeah I think like some of the the really tough ones you know deep down it is just like they're just scared scared as hell you know mm. and, and that's the sort of cover for it well I think also people you know they, when people become familiar with you they see they don't see all the work that went into it. They just yeah. see, oh, uh, you're in an uh, you're in an Oscar movie, yeah. and you're in mm-hmm. one of the biggest franchises, and all. You know, it's like they see that and they go, well, that, those people don't have any fucking problems. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah but you you know, they were exactly like you. They just kind of had a plan, and they had some breaks, mm-hmm. and they knew they they were talented and for, worked hard, and so it just, you know, it's 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 yeah. Taking some of the humanity, it, it, like it kind of takes a little bit of the humanity out of it, but it's an entirely human experience. Yeah. It's just a weird one because so few people have it. Well, it's yeah. also trying to map any of any sort of path, and you know, my career is so vastly different to how your or why things have happened for you, and so on. And that's also, I think, where people assume, well, you all got that same break. Yeah, they say, oh, how did you do it, or what was it? Mm. And if I knew what that answer was, or whatever, then great, I'd you'd you'd, you'd bottle it. But also. Like you said, I feel like I'm just as insecure about it now as I was back then anyway. You know, or, or, or you sort of sometimes feel the stability and go, oh, yeah. And then you go, no, nah, the business is changing. I mean, nothing. It's, you know, here comes someone else and so on. And I just don't think that ever ends. You know, I feel like you just got to get used to it. You know, the uncertainty. I think the big, the big uncertainty question is, is the thing that uh, I think some people don't ever expect is you get the thing. And then you're like, I think I have the thing. What is the thing? <laughs> and I don't want to lose it. You know, it's like then you then yeah. then there's that there's that mm. there's that part of it too. So yeah. I think ultimately you just have to appreciate the moment. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and hopefully you have enough at the end. You know, someday when you're 80, yeah. you look back and you go, I think I had enough really good moments. <laughs> yeah. I think it all worked out okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah that, seems- that's the trick in all the assumption to think that. Oh, this is it now. You're ever going to be at a place where that's that's it. You know, I think it's sort of human nature also to keep. You know, once you achieve that thing, you quickly find another thing that you want to achieve or chase. Yeah. And yeah, that's probably why I try to do so many different movies. Yeah, is because it's like okay, you know, in 2011, I'd done all these independent films, and I, you know, I mean, they were very different. But I wanted to work in other genres, and I wanted to play different characters. And like Lucille in Crimson Peak is so different from the Tree of Life right. that character, uh, and I, that's probably why. So I feel like I've never just plateauing. Yeah, I want to yeah. always be like, okay, I'm struggling for something. Yeah, but then. I feel like with the filmmaking process, I imagine it's it's such a slow process. It feels mm. like such a slow mm. process. Like, how do you stay focused 
when something can take a couple of years to get off the ground or mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's taking several months to kind of get through a thing. How do you even remember by the end of a shoot the choices you made for the character, you know, <laughs> months ago? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this is tough because I'm about to go do all these exteriors for a film that I finished a few weeks ago right before we went on this press tour. But now it feels like I did this film yeah. a year ago mm-hmm. uh, because I've had so many experiences since then. Um, I don't know. I think once you put on the – for me, when I put on the costume, it immediately comes back like a, a, a memory. Mm-hmm. I imagine like if you found this childhood toy, you have all these smells from your childhood that emerge. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing for me. When I did um, – I've done movies – I did one time uh, two films at the same time and I was flying back and forth from set to set and they were very different characters. And I think that was the same thing. As soon as the character, the costume goes on, it's just like, oh, yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> Do you feel like that makes you more adaptive in life? Um, maybe more adap- adaptive to people, perhaps. Mm, no, I'm not very, <laughs> I guess so. What do you think, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always wonder, like, what is the, what is the, like, oh, yeah, you're very talented at that. It's like, what, what use is it outside of, <laughs> you know, being on a movie set? You know, I'm like, does this, you know, lead into real life? I don't know. Um, I can fake fight yeah. really well. Yeah, exactly. But that I was a little too close. Could you just like reach yeah. just a little further away? Yeah. I can fake cry and you know get a discount off this thing in the store or something. <laughs> well, it is. It's just it's it's you know I think it, if you're good at your job, all the work is kind of invisible. Yeah. So you know they they don't see all the work that you put into it to get to that point, or they don't see like even with three kids and a press tour, you still find time to go to the gym, and that's obviously <laughs> important to you. Because I'm sure, does it, ever, does it ever irritate me when people are like, you know, those Hemsworths, they just got good genes. Or you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of it, but I do kind of, you know, I do, it yeah, is work. It is, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, it, it is work. I, I love it, though. I love kind of staying active. And I find if, um, I mean, even on this press tour, uh, it, if the days I didn't sort of train, I just end up being more tired. You know, when I do train mm-hmm. or stay active and do things, I feel it sort of... I don't know. It just keeps me awake and keeps me kind of moving. Did the uh, when you guys started the the whole the, the thing that Kevin Feige was doing? Just mm-hmm. like okay, we're going to start doing these movies. They're all going to be part of this universe. Now everyone's doing that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> did you have any concept at the time? I think this is going to be a thing that I'm going to do for a long time. Uh, uh yeah. I, just, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, when it first came up. All I was concerned about was, or thought was going to happen, was Thor. And then they mentioned all these other things, and I knew nothing about the comics, so it all seemed a bit like a sort of crazy dream. And I thought, oh well, look, if we get there, but let's just not get fired off the first one. And as they kind of rolled out, I think by the by the time we we're doing Avengers and everyone else had done their individual films, it hit me, and I thought, wow, this is this could go on for a long time. And and especially then when it worked and so on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of. Sort of, yeah, it does seem to be the the done thing now, or people sort of you know re- reconstructing it or attempting it. It seemed when uh, when you guys first started making the Avengers movies, I'd, Chris Evans did an interview. I saw Chris Evans say something about he was very jealous of the fact that you were infinitely more muscular than he was. <laughs> he was like, I'd walk up to him in the gym and be like, How do you get this right here? What's that right there? Good genes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your family do? What is your What's your family background? Uh, my dad and my mum work in child protection. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, did for many years. My mum was a high school teacher, and then um, 
started working with my dad uh, maybe 10 years ago in the same organisation, so the Australian Childhood Foundation. Yeah, and then are they still doing that? Are they retired? Yeah, yeah, they they, they work. Um, I work with a charity now, and they work still with them, not as much as they did. And, and you know, they're sort of slowing down a bit, which is yeah. nice, and having a, having a break. I mean, they had us when they were twenty one and twenty two, and oh wow! Then we took over for years, and now <laughs> now we're taking care of them, and they're getting to relax. Oh, that's really nice. And what about you? What did you say your dad, your family? My dad's a fireman. Oh, he was a fireman yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, my mom's a chef, a vegan chef. Oh, wow. Are you oh, vegan? She, yeah, I'm vegan. I didn't know that. Is that why you're vegan? Talk no, actually, she became vegan after she was saving me for a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good on her. How do you maintain that when you're on the road? Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know, when I'm shooting now, I have someone who cooks me vegan food, which is great. Nice. Yeah, it's it's made a huge... Nice. I learned that from Chris, actually, <laughs> when we were in The Huntsman. I was like, God, it's so, yeah. e- it's so much easier. Much easier isn't it? Yeah, especially if you have to look like you're a healthy person. Um, you have to eat healthy <laughs> food. Um, so, yeah, I have, the, I have that. That really helps me. Yeah, and did you... Have you... When did you switch? I was a... I don't know, pescatarian, is that what you say, when yeah. you eat fish? Yeah. Um, for about... 10 years 15 years maybe and then um i became vegan a little over nine years ago and did you notice a change right away yeah i was really sick um i couldn't i wasn't doing well and um a friend of mine said who was an actor said you know what there's this why don't you do this vegan thing it's for two weeks and they'll deliver your meals and i did it and the first week i was starving <laughs> because i love cheese I and you no know, i was like oh God, ne- this is terrible and then the second week i was like oh wow i have a lot more energy than i've ever had before I mean, i was really dependent on coffee and and all of that to keep going and then i did my two weeks and i said okay i'm going to giorgio's in, in uh <laughs> in uh malibu and I, I ordered the fish and the risotto and i immediately felt sick again Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I have to be vegan. <laughs> it was nothing that I actually really thought. Like, I, not, I never thought, oh, I want to be vegan. It was, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I guess if you see food as medicine, you're like, okay, well, I, I can't ignore what my body is telling me. And then after I became vegan, I noticed um, the difference it makes every, everywhere. You know, it's better for the animals, it's better for your body, and then it's also better for, for the environment. So now, Chris, are you going to hmm? be vegan? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> doesn't mom, work for me. Your mom's vegetarian, right? Uh, she was, and then she started eating fish because oh, she, yeah. found, she found it was, um, and I tried to be vegetarian a few times, but it, it, it is really difficult to do it in a healthy way. I think it's very easy to go, okay, I'm vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegan, and then you just eat bread or pasta yeah, or you have nuts to, or, you yeah. know, it, unless you're quite educated on, okay, well, how do I replace those things that protein or animal protein's not giving me? I think it's, it can be tricky, you know. And I know, you know, plenty of people who kind of start off and have a great feeling and then go, oh, God, they just couldn't keep up with the diet. Cause, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess in LA, it's there's a lot of places that cater for it. Mm-hmm. But traveling around the world, I, I sort of, you know, it must have been harder in certain places than others to, to get the right food. Or Well, it was interesting because you discover uh, f- food and vegetables that you've never had before. Like going to Asia, I have this – there's a fruit called dorian and, you know, mangosteen. Mm-hmm. And everyone talks about dorian because it's the – it smells like the most disgusting thing in the world, and you're not allowed to bring it into hotels because the smell. <laughs> um, but it's so delicious, and it's so good for you. So I have experiences like that where I'm like, hmm, okay, we're in <laughs> Beijing. What can I eat? I'll try this. <laughs> and you can take it on a New York subway, and no one, no one will even know. Not even know. I'll have, I'll have the well, man who's advocating himself <laughs> moving away from me. <laughs> How do you guys, when you, uh, 
I think a lot of people like to hear how different people sort of push through the wall when they get to that point where they feel like I'm completely tapped out. I have no more energy, but I have to go today and I know I need to bring it. I know I need to be focused and this is this is what mm. people expect of me. So what do you do? What do you do when you when you need to push through? Do you have coffee? No, I don't Drugs, drink coffee. Tea. It's tea, green tea. I'm a I'm a green tea girl. In fact, when we were in Asia, everyone kept bringing me green tea because I realized I was getting bags and bags of green tea from people. <laughs> She's wavering. We're like, quick, more green tea. <laughs> what about you? Um, sleep. I mean, I, I, I don't I, – coffee doesn't really work. I kind of have a coffee in the morning just – I like having a coffee, but I don't find it gives me a kick if I'm tired. I just feel like I need to find that moment to sleep. And, um, I mean, I'll sleep under the – you know, the catering table or under on the set anywhere, you know, often at times, just midway through the day, I can find I can kind of nap. People are dropping peanuts on you. <laughs> yeah, they're not just stepping over me. The, prop, the props guys are dragging, you know, equipment around. I'm just, I swear to God, like, I'll be asleep You under can't the move yourself. A top. union guy has to move you. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, I just hey, step hey, over hey, me and continue on. It's our on. job. <laughs> Stay down. I'm going to move you over to the corner and prop you up. <laughs> hit me with a stick. What was the work? last thing you saw that really inspired you? Like where you really felt inspired. It, not, it like, could be a performance or it could be just something in life. I loved Hamilton. I loved, loved, loved Hamilton. But also um, movies-wise last year, I loved that film Brooklyn. Yeah. And I thought her performance was so beautiful. And also I loved the film because it really, um, ex- you know, it, it made me feel really proud to be American, which is a funny thing to say because we're all immigrants, right? Right, basically, yeah. And that's what that movie's about. And I know at this political time right now, immigrant is a terrible word to some people, but that's what our country's built on and that's what makes us so I mean, wonderful. legitimately, yeah. anyone, all, all of us here <laughs> immigrated to exactly, this country. Exactly, exactly. And so I was very moved. That was the, only, that was the movie last year that made me cry. Uh, I was so moved by her. And when you see a performance like that, does it do you feel? Do you go? Oh my gosh! I does it inspire you to want to do in your own work, or is it? Do you just watch as an audience member? Uh, at that moment, I was inspired. To, I want to work with her because I find when I'm acting, I I steal a lot from the people I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> I like see what they're doing, and I go, oh, and then I just get to react to it. Um, and that's probably why I had so much fun on the set because Chris is a really fun person to be around and he jokes a lot. He doesn't take a lot seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, oh, I don't have to take anything. Like, we're going to just like have a good time. And, and um, you know, so yeah, I, I, that's what that inspired me. Aussies are the damn best. They are, aren't you know, they? I, it's just obnoxious like, how cool they are. It's obnoxious how cool and like seemingly well-adjusted <laughs> they are. It's all an act. <laughs> I had dated an Australian girl for like four years. I, I spent some time in Australia. And, and her mom her? loved poop jokes. Like They're just fun. They're I know. Just, you guys are just they're fun. fun. They're fun to be around. Like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good. I finally been, been away for a long time and moving back. I went, oh, this is what I missed. Oh, this is, you know... The kind of you, you take it for granted when you're there, you know. But there is a, a much more kind of when you're away and you're around other people and you're away from Australia. When you come back, they're like, "Oh, your accent's different." Like, do they notice that? No, because I heard friends of mine leave and come back and just get destroyed for having a slight twang of American or English or wherever they had been. So I was very conscious going back. You turn it up. I feel, you like, back. I feel like I get on, on a talk show back there. I'm like, yeah, you know, mate. And it's like, uh, just love, you know, crocodiles and beer and, you know, stuff. And I feel like you kind of have Amazing. to be very mindful of it. But. Yeah, they will. It is. I feel like it's, it's such a great culture of 
lovable amounts of getting shit from people <laughs> yeah. that kind of keep you in check. Very self-deprecating. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, my um, uh, brother and I lived with a friend of ours, and one day he was like, why do you guys bully me so much? And we're like, wait, no, we, we love you, man. This is, this is what we do. This is the done thing. Oh, and I've got, like, got to catch myself sometimes and go, they're not from the, the same circle. That It doesn't come off the same. I maybe. said that to you, you on set. I said, I, you're bullying me. Stop being a bully. She, hang on, hang on. You, I did you, say you, that you, to you. You give it out pretty, pretty I know. Good once I realized what was going on, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you can't dish it out and not get it back. Okay? I was like, and good, was, so now I can thing. be mean to you. This is yeah. the, oh, great. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she, she was. Don't See? She gave it. That's a knife. Yeah. What? What uh, what, were you, what have you been inspired by lately? Um, oh God, I don't know. So it's quite in depth what you said. Um, Was it? And interesting, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it's there, the, hey, there's a there's a pro surfer at the moment, Matt Wilkinson, who um, has been on the tour for years and um, and always done you know done well, but just I think just has a lot of fun too away from it, you know, and just didn't take it too serious, enjoyed it. And all of a sudden, he started kind of focusing and training, and he's won the first two events, and is number one in the world. And and he, but he's just this incredibly wonderful, self-deprecating sort of humour and, and lovable guy. But I found it. I just thought, just what you know, focus and and kind of uh, work ethic and so on can mean. And he sort of commenting on, wow, you know, I'm, I'm just actually training a bit and putting a bit more work in, and look at what can happen. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that that I just I just love his story at the moment. And, yeah. And, um, Do you think that's the that, that's the the kind of line of demarcation between people who excel at something and then people who become great. Yeah, I do. I do think it's a difference. You know, like he obviously an incredible man of talent. Either way, he has there or people you know have. But then to go that step further is um, you got to do the work. You know, and and there's no amount of I think it's it's talent obviously combined with you know preparation, preparation, hard work, and 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 and, and just just pushing through whatever. You know, is thrown at you, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I find that inspiring. Yeah. What, what, Jessica Chastain? What's fun for you? What do you do when you? It's like, okay, I have like a day. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yeah. What's fun? Do you know? The other night, I went out with some friends, and then we drank a little too much, and then we went to someone's. This is so. This is so boring and not fun. But we went to someone's house, and on their speaker system it connects to their phone and they had like this karaoke (laughs) 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 and we all just started singing karaoke and then alex taught me my friend alex taught me he knows britney spears dance routines (laughs) 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 exactly so we did we like put on britney and um started um doing the dance so i that was really fun for me (laughs) <laughs> you have a particular favorite karaoke song? Um, yeah, I like I like Forever in Blue Jeans. Mm. Yeah, right. Neil Diamond, a little Neil Diamond. Nice. I know, I know. I like The Gambler, a little Kenny Rogers. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So I'm old school. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's not what I would have guessed. Really? I not would have guessed. I would not have guessed The Gambler. I oh really? Come on. Yeah. It's a whole story there. It's a great story. <laughs> Although. Uh, I, I, I had an old bit in my stand-up about it. It was like, it's literally the most obvious advice you could ever give someone. It's, you got to know yeah. when to hold them. Yeah, exactly. Hold yeah, yeah. It was like, that's just like saying to someone No like, one to walk away. Yeah, no one to walk away. Oh, no one to run to. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like you're training a gunfighter. You're going to go, you got to shoot at an animal. Don't shoot rocks or people. Like, that's the it's most true. obvious fucking advice in the world. But it is, it is, a, it is a nice song. Yeah. Have you, I feel like I, Kenny's... 
He's, he looks a little weathered, but uh, I feel like it's a little. It's been a little too much of the the the. He did some facial stuff. Really, I don't even know what he looks like anymore. He's just, if, did I'm he really? You, I'm going to show you a picture after this podcast. And you're Amazing. gonna be like, oh my! Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had the stuff done to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would he though? I, he wanted to look like a blow-up doll. I don't oh, know what no, happened. No, no. Because I, I recently saw an interview, um, like Chelsea Handler did with uh, Willie Nelson. Did, yeah. And they were talking about marijuana and stuff. And w- Willie Nelson looks amazing, like normal. And yeah. I can't imagine why these guys would do that. I don't know. I think it's just, I think he's old enough that it probably started before, maybe before the technology of it got <laughs> oh, better. Gosh. And then so there's just like a, I think once you start, like, that's it. You're, you're on a moving <laughs> you're train. You're trying to fix it then. You're trying yeah. to fix it the entire time. <laughs> five? We have five? We have five? Okay. Five. I just saw the hand in. Uh, She's just waving. Are you basically going around this weird I know. Um, Tim Burton-esque circus tent setup from, the, for the rest you, of the you're day? You're the first here today. I don't know where we got from here. I mean, it really feels like we've been abducted by aliens. And yeah. this is the spotlight on us. And... It's an operation's going to occur. Or <laughs> this feels very X-Files-ish, does yeah, it not? It does. Where's David Duchovny? Where's Duchovny? Where's Duchovny? Uh, so we're in the studio, in the stage we're in, there's a, is a massive sound stage and there's a giant catwalk above us. We were talking before you guys came yeah. in. Would you yeah. run around on the catwalk if you had the opportunity? Should we? Yeah, I definitely would. Really? I'm not it scared at all. High. No, no, no. When I was I was shooting uh, that film Mama in a studio and love that movie by the way. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Thanks. They um there was a catwalk and against all of the pleas from everyone on I probably shouldn't say this, I'm never gonna get hired again. I was like, you guys just trust me, I'm cool. And I went all the way up there and the directors there, please get down, Jessica. No. I was like, it's it's so beautiful up here. You can't make me. You, you just sit up there and just eat vegan chili. Exactly. Just staring down at everyone below. <laughs> I do think I do think people people can be divided a lot of ways. I think one way is would would you go into space if you had the opportunity? Would you if you could go like if you could go on the ISS or you could go float in space? Would you do it? You know what's funny? We were talking about that is the question for two years of my life that I was asked because I had Interstellar oh, and course. I had The Martian. Of course. So it was very. I was like, interesting. You can answer the mirror question instead. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's so crazy because I didn't think of that is legitimately a question. Yeah. That I. No, exactly. It's an interesting. It, well, go into space though. Is there many people? I wouldn't that don't go to space. It? You, oh, you actually it feels Why? very claustrophobic. Yeah, honestly, oh, right. I and I went to NASA mm. and I did all like the you know I went on those shuttles and all the mock-ups mm. and everything, and there is n- nothing in the world. If someone came to me and said we need you to go to this planet to save humanity, I said no, thank you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? What, what you don't like spaceships or humanity? <laughs> <laughs> Or both. I would say, you know who's perfect for this? It's Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth would be so I much better. He's, <laughs> he knows all the Katy Perry songs, so it's going to be fun. I can sing, dance. God yeah. Damn. But also, a little bit, it kind of, um, you know, I, I met a lot of astronauts, and they really, they have a lot, they have so much training for this. I mean, the woman mm. that I worked with, she was a chemist and all these things, and some like an actor going, sure, I'll go to space, you know? It's just yeah. like, I mean, it's not that easy. I just envision No, I, I, I just mean more as a like, oh, that'd be cool to see. I don't mean... For a minute. So you would get on the, like, the, the what is it? Is it who, um, what's it called? Is it Virgin Space oh, Galactic uh, well, or something? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, Virgin Galactic. Yeah, would well, you would go on that just to kind of go up and then go well, down? Well, they just go to the... No, I, I thought, thought we were going to go to the, going, the atmosphere. Wait, you, what's the question? We go on another planet? I, I thought we were, like, exploring the <laughs> universe. You go on another planet, you're not coming back. I mean, yeah, that's basically. It. Oh, yeah. But if well. you just went to the ISS, I just imagine being in the ISS floating and screaming right. the entire time, like, somebody tether me to something. <laughs> like, that guy was up there for a year. 
and he just came back down. That just feels... Yeah, maybe I have, a, I have a very romantic view of what it'd be like up there. I just think the exploration side of it, but maybe not just going up and then no, down. You're so much like of a it. nature guy. I just cannot imagine you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because basically you're in this <laughs> tight space for a long time. Yeah. And Hemsworth that's just it. makes everything okay. I know, trying, I keeps know. trying to open the window. <laughs> I, know. I just need some fresh air. Yeah. Ooh, it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at Australia. There's so many things down there that can kill you. <laughs> I'm safe up here. That's if you're Australian, safe is safe. That's right. safe. Maybe that's exactly. what I'm trying to do, is yeah. just get away from the killer animals. Your Dr. Seuss tattoo is... Amazing. Oh, thank you. What is that? Uh, oh. This is um, it's just a book I used to read as a kid, and my daughter and I read it. And which one is it? It's the uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Places you'll go. Oh, he's in a lot of those books. That little character, he just rolls around in all of them. Yeah. Um, it was kind of for my daughter. It's funny. Um, would someone say, "Oh, you can't. It's the most masculine part of your body." I was like, "Yeah, good. That's what I want to. It's it's nice." Nice change, you know? Yeah. If someone says that, you punch him in the face. That's, That's right. a great I tattoo. You hit see him with my that bicep? Yeah. Tattoo. What are you supposed to have on there? Like a bulldog with a boner? Like what rather, a, big, a big Harley Davidson. Yeah, a Harley Davidson with, with an eagle flying a Harley yeah. Davidson on a dragon. Yeah, it was my little actually, up yours cool. tool. I think that would be, I, actually, I have that tattoo on my lower back. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. careful. Yeah. They have to comp it out every time. They're going to comp out Chastain's dragon Harley bulldog tattoo. It's like that big. Just like Neck to butt, like this big. <laughs> you, would you, is there anything like that that you want it that you would want to do? That you're like, I'm gonna, you know, maybe mm. now's not the time. I've always wanted tattoos, and I've I've wanted white hair. I'd like I'd love to have really short white white hair because I have very fair features. I kind of like look like an alien. But then like Eminem I, kind of short white hair. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Yeah. I want to look like Eminem. <laughs> Stop the presses. I'm trying to imagine first. white hair. Yeah, yeah. No, no it's good. really cool. Chris. I think it'd be. Hey, so is he. Yeah, it's a compliment. but he's masculine, and he's I'm masculine. a feminine. I'm a girl. That'd be a very, so it'd be, very a, it'd be a more feminine version of it. Yes, of course. Much. Prettier, I've seen though. Tilda Swinton pull it off. There you go. It's very Tilda Swinton, right? Yeah. Um, but then I see, like, I worked with uh, Tom Hardy, who had to do a scene with his shirt off, and he spent like eight hours in hair and makeup yeah. having to get his tattoos covered. He's got a lot of tattoos. Oh. Yeah, it's just yeah. like I have to deal with covering a tattoo, and I'm always at work. Yeah, I don't it's need that. No, I feel like these no. are an extra half hour. I don't need to be sitting in makeup, yeah. cabin cover, covered up. And I'm like, oh, I could have been asleep right now. Yeah, but I had to get the tattoo. But I had to get these really the cool tattoos. But you yeah. got one for your daughter, so it's I okay. Know, it's right. She doesn't even look at it anymore. I feel like the first week she was like, oh, cool, cool. And now she's just like, sweetie, huh? Yeah, yeah. Remember this? Daddy loves you. Remember that you. moment? It was a bomb. <laughs> this, this hurt. This did hurt. Yeah, daddy's tough, but this really hurt. It's not a it's sensitive painful. part of our meat right here. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so uh, Huntsman Winter's War is April 22nd, I believe. It's correct. Yes. Yeah, it's April 22nd. Yes, it is. Uh, and it was really fun. I, I really loved it. You guys were so, it was so much fun. The cool, movie was, a, was Thanks, great. Uh, so congratulations. And anyone should uh, go see it and go see Nick Frost and go see Charlize and go see uh, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, it's really fun. And you guys were so nice. And I hope you have a wonderful, stress-free press day. <laughs> Don't forget about what I said about the mirror question. Just like microphone goes off. <laughs> How the fuck? What's That's this right. question? Fuck How this. dare How, you? I, actually, I want to ask you that question. If you had a magic mirror, what would you ask it? Yeah, what would you ask it? Um, can I just? Would it be okay if I just hung out with Jessica Chastain and Chris Hemsworth all day? We could just, That's what we'll say. We could just You're eat vegan food up on a catwalk and just <laughs> talk about our feelings and Dr. Seuss all day, and then sing Katy Perry songs and dance Britney Fire Spears. Firework and boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. Oh, yeah. so great! Thanks, Mirror. You're not evil at all. This turned out so well. Uh, thanks for being here, you guys. Uh, thank you very much thank for having you. us. Enjoy yeah. your burrito, everyone. <laughs>
That was fun. Oh, you guys, I hope you have a, a nice, stress-free... Yeah. Like Can I just shirt? ask you, is that Fraggle Rock? Fraggle. Oh, I love your shirt so much. It is Fraggle Rock, yeah. Down it in Fraggle is. Rock. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front-row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.